The following is a conversation with Arnaldo Brown. Arnaldo served as a minister and member of the Jamaican parliament. He is an attorney at law and a lecturer at the Mona School of Business and Management. I think that education is absolutely key for every country and society that wants to foster economic growth and to fight poverty and crime. And we also need to be aware that nothing exists in a vacuum and that if the Caribbean wants to defend its own regional interests, it needs a geopolitical strategy. This is the Simon Küpper podcast and this is my conversation with Arnaldo Brown. So what are you focusing primarily on right now? Well, you know, it's a mixture because again, I'm, I'm fully in education. Right, uh, I teach at the University of the West Indies, Mona um, School of Business. I teach company law and business law, mm -hmm. and um, I'm also in private practice, fully. Okay. Where where I do a, a general practice, um, but I focus primarily on um, conveyancing matters. I do criminal work now and again, and um, any any matter because you know we are we are trained to be general practitioners. So once I have a proper brief, then I'm able to um, treat with the matter. So you know that that really has been my focus. I've dabbled a little bit in um, broadcasting. For mm -hmm. briefly, I was on radio for about a year. Okay. Um, so I was doing some public broadcasting. I've recently launched a, 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 a podcast, well, a, a second podcast, because I do have a podcast related to my teaching, but I have now launched a podcast called um, Politically Exposed, along with my colleague, Victor Cummings, who was also a member of parliament and a minister of state. Mm -hmm. And there we look at current affairs and, um, you know, world politics. Yes. In world politics or in, in Caribbean specifically? Well, Caribbean, Jamaica, but, but, but you know, we are open economy, okay. as you would be aware. And True. therefore, what happens internationally, um, certainly we are, we have very large neighbors, influential neighbors to the north. United States, Canada, um, Mexico, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and to the south of us, we have um, Latin America, Central and Latin America, big players like Brazil, uh, Venezuela. So if you want to talk about geopolitics, then you can talk about Venezuela, Cuba, uh, our neighbors immediately to the north. And then um, from a commerce perspective, we have the Panama, Panama, Panama Canal. Right, right. Right. So, you know, I believe that Jamaica is really fully integrated in global affairs. And therefore, you can't really talk about local politics without talking about um, international affairs. And of course, we have a very significant diaspora. Um, over 3 million Jamaicans, it's estimated, live outside of Jamaica. And those... Um, the population centers, Canada, USA, United Kingdom, um, but beyond there, they are all over, um, mm -hmm. Europe, uh, Asia, 
um, Middle East Africa. So right. the point is, you really can't speak about Jamaican politics and not dabble, <laughs> for want of a better word, in, the, in, in global politics. Yeah, and see it in context. That's true, especially when, yes. as you said, we look at things like geographical things like the Panama Canal. That's one of the main trade routes in the area, etc. Exactly. Right. right. right? And, yeah. and, and I mean, as you know, we have the largest natural harbor in the world, um, one of the largest. Right. Harbor. Right. And we are positioning it to be a transshipment um, logistic hub. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's dredging of the harbor that is taking place um, to accommodate post Panama vessels. The expansion of the Panama Canal is supposed to increase traffic in this general area. I mean, granted, the, um, the pandemic has sort of slowed things a bit, but I'm sure post-pandemic, uh, you know, will probably accelerate, you know, people will be anxious to move. Um, businesses will be anxious to get fully going. So, you know, we expect to see some, you know, enhancement in those, in those areas, in those areas. Yeah, right. And I think not only the pandemic, but you probably heard about the, the incidents in the Suez Canal with the, um, what was the name of the ship? Right. Green River, yes. some, 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 green side, something right. like that, where it was blocked for a week or something. Right. And and the, the, the disruption yeah. of the global trade, yeah. I think the exactly. backlog is still there today, <laughs> even yeah, weeks that, and, and that months just, behind that. That just goes to show you, you know? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So what do you think, how important, um, or when we're talking about the little more global perspective uh, in terms of, of politics and trade right now, how important what kind of a role do you see China playing um, in that uh, environment, meaning in, in the Caribbean in, in general, or maybe in Jamaica, where we see a lot of investments flowing right. in there, and maybe even in context with a larger trade agreements globally? Well, from the 1970s, we have advanced and advocated a one China policy. Um, so that diplomatic um, engagement is now manifesting itself in terms of the levels of investment that we are seeing happening. Uh, China is heavily invested in our infrastructure, um, mainly our roads, but there are several construction companies that are here. Um, China Harbor Construction Company is one that comes readily to mind. They have taken on major projects. Um, they have uh, you know, built the Ministry of Foreign Affairs building downtown Kingston, Grace Kennedy, which is one of our main um, food manufacturing distributor, global company, uh, utilize their services in erecting their new headquarters. And, um, uh, you know, there was some, uh, you know, tension, I would say, about a sole sourcing opportunity for them to build the Montego Bay bypass. But I think that the Chinese are here um, to stay. Uh, they certainly are putting their money where their mouth is. Um, <laughs> and, you know, as a developing country, I don't think we have the luxury of uh, cherry picking who our friends are. And uh, that doesn't mean that we're gonna ignore uh, other issues that arise, but again, in the context of global politics, we 
are respectful of the sovereignty of countries. And yes, if we see that there are issues that we don't subscribe to and agree, we will make our comments. Uh, but that doesn't prevent us from engaging constructively with that particular country. So again, in terms of technology, Huawei is an entity that is present in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they are building out um, telecoms infrastructure. Certainly their handsets are here. Uh, that may not please our neighbors to the north, but again, um, you know, we can't be constrained by <laughs> the geopolitics. Yeah. Uh, we too have to make out our way and our existence um, in the global marketplace. So I, I, I believe that, you know, there is, there is a lot of opportunities that present themselves uh, for functional cooperation between Jamaica and China. So, I mean, the fact of the matter is that we are deeply, we are engaged with them. And mm -hmm. I think that engagement is not new. As I said, from the 1970s, we have advanced the one China policy. And I think you now we are seeing tangible results of that foundation that was laid in terms of the expenditure and the investment that um, China has been making. So where would you see the major or the main bottlenecks um, for, let's just call it uh, economic growth um, for, for the Caribbean or for Jamaica? Um, you mentioned infrastructure with Huawei right. that uh, brings that. Yes. Um, and also maybe uh, you can touch a little bit on the educational side because right. um, I think infrastructure is good, but someone needs to be able to operate it, to sure. use it and needs the skills sure, um, sure, for certainly. that. Certainly. Um, you know, in addition to that, there, I mean, Jamaicans have had scholarships. They have gone to China and elsewhere to study. Um, you know, there is currently now, because of the pandemic, a conversation happening around learning loss. Because it has, mm -hmm. in my view, revealed the type of uh, digital divide that we have. So, so it has exposed areas where there's no internet access and it has exposed where there's internet access, the inadequacy of uh, devices uh, of, for students to access these classes, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, right. I think there, there, are, there are a number of students adversely affected, so they don't show up in any of these online classes. And... That is a matter that has to be addressed. I know the government attempted to address it, address it by distributing tablets, providing a grant for persons to buy tablets. But also beyond the tablet is the, is the infrastructure. Now, Jamaica has been fortunate because in the 1990s, we liberalized our telecommunication sector. Mm -hmm. So we had one monopoly provider, which was cable and wireless. And then we were able to bring that monopoly to an end, entered Digicel, entered um, Columbus Communication, uh, Flow, Oceanic Digital, Clara at one stage. I understand that there's a third license now that is um, being contemplated. And then we have fiber optic connectivity. So we have broadband connectivity. 
Mm-hmm. And I think there are actually three major cables that are landing here um, in Jamaica so that the, the basis of the infrastructure is in place. But now what we have to do is to uh, expand that bandwidth, right? Um, we have significant uh, cell phone penetration, almost two to one in terms mm-hmm. of population. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there has to be now an upgrade from 4G, uh, I believe, to 5G technology. And, um, you know, the old conspiracy theory concerning 5G and radiation and all of this. Interesting how what people um, think about when a day is long enough. <laughs> y- yes, you know, uh, so, so you have those tensions. But, but, but the reality is that the, 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 the society that we are now emerging, that is emerging as a result of the pandemic, working from home, um, going to school from home, requires that you have the bandwidth to deal with the volume of data that is being produced. Right. And we, we can't be left behind. And funny enough, one of the one of the one of the one of the results of the liberalization of the um, telecom sector in Jamaica is the the, the 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 expansion of business process outsourcing. Okay. As a major driver of employer, driver of economic activity, and I that I believe is going to continue to grow. So to come back to the question, the the the, the demand for persons to be educated at a certain level is going to expand, and therefore we have to keep up with that expansion. So remedial. Programs have been put in place, or are being put in place, I should say. So there's an announcement that students who can't afford it, but want to do extra lessons, will be able to do that. There's a deferral of um, our major um, education exam, which is the common entrance, not the common entrance, the the CSEC. Mm-hmm. Um, exam, right? Caribbean mm-hmm. secondary yep, yep. education certificate exam. Um, students are being given the opportunity to um, sit it later or postpone it or, you know, select the courses that they are ready for. Mm-hmm. So this is an ongoing process. And, you know, we have to keep pace. We have to you know, revisit the curriculum. Technology has to be at the heart of it. And there are many schools in Jamaica that are introducing robotics, um, IT, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is really where, where it's going to go. Engineering, right? Um, there's, a, there's a need now for all types of engineers. So the University of the West Indies has an engineering um, department at the Mona campus at Trinidad St. Augustine. And um, we have the Caribbean Maritime Institute and Caribbean Maritime University here in Jamaica that is also aggressively pursuing engineering um, programs. So there's also a pivot, I would say, to, 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 to stem to steam. Because whilst the um, science, technology, um, electronics, mathematics, uh, engineering, mathematics are important. 
There's also the artistic side of things. And we can't leave that out. So, you know, you now have to focus on a STEAM-based curricula that include art. And mm -hmm. in art is also digital art because art is now digitalizing. And we have to give our people the skill sets to, to, to make it. Animation comes readily to mind. Uh, right. if, there's, if there's a digital space um, that has great potential, it is definitely in animation. And that's an industry that is nascent. It can be built out. And I believe it dovetails um, seamlessly with the creative energy of Jamaicans, because you know Jamaicans are very creative True. Um, True. persons, right? Very creative. Right. So, yeah. so, so, so there, there has to be a merger between the technology and the, the natural flow, the natural ethos of the people. And, um, you know, we are not there fully, but mm -hmm. I believe we're on the road there. Okay, so how, um, well, I have to say, um, I have uh, teachers in the family, so I know how um, long it can take uh, one, or yeah, how long it can take till a new curriculum, a new content, a new class, uh, whatever it is, is actually implemented from the first ideas and then it has to go through all the administration and to all the political sure. committees um so what is your impression um when we look at the, at the jamaican universities or the jamaican schools um yeah. is it going fast enough do they teach the right stuff let's say i don't know programming engineering this kind of thing to say okay we cannot wait 10 or 20 years yeah. till these courses are available or are they already there where you think they they should be well, I, I begin where I, I made a point about um, the University of the West Indies mm -hmm. as an example, having an engineering department on the Mona campus. And this is of significance because we have, we have several campuses, but three main campuses. Mona is in Kingston, Cable is in Barbados, and St. Augustine is in Trinidad and Tobago. Now, St. Augustine uh, was where engineering would be done and um, you have law was in Barbados and Cable mm -hmm. and medicine was on the Mona campus. So the shift on the Mona campus is that they have a full-fledged engineering department and then of course you have the University of Technology. We also have the Vocational Training Development Institute, VDTI. Um, we have our trust NTA, and what has happened is that because of the advent of the BPO sector and the demand there for persons with exposure to computers and so on, you have specialized training for those persons. Mm -hmm. So as I've said, we have embarked on the journey. I don't think we're fully where we need to be, but certainly, um, you know, Recently, there was a launch of coding, coding courses and an encouragement of females to get into the field of coding. So I believe that that needs to be permeated throughout the secondary system. So some schools at the secondary level, that's below university, mm -hmm. are more advanced than some. So I, I spoke of robotics 
which is a part of artificial intelligence, right? Um, computer sciences are taught in most of the schools, but I think this may very be at an introductory level because if I reflect on my own experience, when I was in high school, I did um, computer sciences, but then the language we were learning was basic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have, we, yeah. Have, we have evolved several times from that now. Right, like right. Python, C++, and all of these. Exactly. Um, you know, so, 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 so yes, the basic framework is there, but I believe that needs to be accelerated. And as I, as I mentioned, the, 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 the emphasis on STEM and now a pivot to STEAM because you can't leave out the artistic element, right? right because again, right. that is what, that, that's the advantage I think humans are going to have over, say, computers, right? right. Until the technology evolve, humans will still be ahead in terms of intuition, creativity, and so on, right? Um, you know, it's funny because it is humanity that has created this technology. So I, I'm not necessarily sold on the idea that the technology is going to supersede the, the human capacity, mm -hmm. right? Even in terms of thinking. I'm not down that road yet. Uh, so the idea is that we have to continuously uh, train and educate and transform the, the minds of our students, right? So critical thinking skills, mathematics, yep. Yep. Um, science subjects, right? There definitely has to be an emphasis on those. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there are also the, the terms um, strong and, and weak AI or artificial intelligence. And I think I absolutely agree with you that we are not there yet where we have a strong AI, meaning we can give their AI general problem to solve and they're able to do that. Uh, we have narrow AIs, meaning a calculator can probably calculate faster than, than any human exactly, or exactly. more sophisticated programs like that. Um, or Google, as an example, can find information very fast, right. but is not intelligent in the term no. that if we ask not the right question, then we yeah. don't get the, the answer. Yeah. The, the, right. Another human human would maybe figure out, oh, that's what you actually yeah. wanted to ask. Exactly. So um, let, let's stay at the education um, sector for, for a second. So how do you see that? evolve because for example let's take the, the last 12 months the last year when with the pandemic etc do you see with, with the problems that we have in jamaica that people do not have right. devices maybe you don't have the infrastructure etc but on, on a on a global scale do you see um or what is the impact that you see in the educational sphere meaning why should someone go to a mona university and not enroll in an online class of harvard or mit or any other university that is worldwide there may be less or way, way cheaper than it would probably cost a few years ago when you really appear in, in, in person. Right. Um, so what, what is your, yeah, your, your feeling or your perspective? Where do, does that actually um, transform education over the next well, well, years? Well put, it, well, well, put it this way, because, you know, and it's twofold, because yes, there will be a, a, a opportunity in terms of online learning from these universities that you have um, spoken about. And you have a number of platforms 
Corsica, if that is the name of it, um, you know, that offers courses, but I, um, and then you have full-time degree programs, part-time exactly. degree programs. Oh. But the University of the West Indies, as an example, is not to be undone because there's a university open campus, mm -hmm. which is an online um, platform where persons can go to a doctoral program on it. So what will happen is the reverse, meaning we as Jamaicans and Caribbean nationals can, yes, use online courses from these universities. Likewise, other mm -hmm. students around the globe can register at the UWE Mono. So it is viewed as a positive thing because UWE has also established a presence in New York and in Africa. So it's, it's broadening its horizon and providing its service to humanity. So the point is that there's greater opportunity for learning right. in various um, contexts and at various universities. And people can choose a collection of courses. And, and, this, and this is it again, and, and, and that has brought into question the format of uh, degree programs, bachelorate programs. Right. But I'm not one of those persons who believe that there's going to be a post-bachelorate um, qualification. Uh, if anything, it may evolve and be more dynamic, but I don't think it is going to never be needed. And, you know, persons make a mistake because, again, just as you mentioned, that AI is narrow. So too are the areas that require persons with uh, less than a degree, less than a master's, right? So I think of Silicon Valley as an example. So they'll take programmers out of um, high school because of their natural talent and ability. Exactly. But you could never take somebody up based on natural talent and ability and tell them to do brain surgery or That's tell true. them to do heart <laughs> surgery, right? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nor, yeah. nor can you take somebody up without formal training and say, all right, go and build a thousand feet skyscraper. So, 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 so the, the, the requirement for formal learning is going to be more required than less required. And those persons who we have seen who have made it um, super rich dropping out of university are a handful of people. They are not really the norm, right? So we can call some of them Zuckerberg. Uh, um, yeah, that's that's true. The right? the myth of the college dropout that becomes yeah. a millionaire. That's Steve like Jobs. that's yeah, that's Bill true. Gates, right? Who else? And then turn turn around and employ all of these people with all of these IFO degrees because they recognize their own limitations. Right, right. Right? So I think we need to disabuse ourselves of this post-knowledge um, world. And by post-knowledge, I'm talking about formal knowledge. There's formal and informal knowledge. Informal knowledge will take you so far, but no further. Uh, and therefore, there's going to be an expansion of the need of formal knowledge. 
that's a, not a contraction of it. Now, as to the modality of its delivery, that may very well change with technology because, as I said, I used to teach. When I started teaching full-time uh, in 2016, I was face-to-face. -face. I was in a lecture theater talking to my students, and then I, the thought had never entered my mind that I would shift from that face-to-face into a virtual realm. And come 2020, March 13, when the university was shut down because of the pandemic, we had to shift online. But the point is that the, 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 the content, by and large, remained the same. Um, and although we weren't together, the methodology was underpinned by um, the technology. So I believe that that technology is going to remain. And you may have a hybrid of persons being face-to-face whilst um, distributing the content in real time to other students who will log in um, remotely. But, uh, you know, at, at the end of the pandemic, there will be some return to what we call normal, uh, or what we consider normal. Uh, and then, of course, because of the because of the the, the, the pandemic, it, it created an opportunity for platforms to explode. So Zoom, Teams, um, you name it, all of these audiovisual um, capabilities that were always there, but just not relied upon, have now come center stage. So, and that's the that's the nature of the world. It's dynamic. Right. right at every period, we had the industrial revolution. We are now going through the um, knowledge revolution uh, or the fourth industrial revolution. Um, some people will classify it as so. Throughout various epochs, there have been transformational events triggered by one thing or the other, whether it is World War Two, um, World War One, or the advent of the steam engine, uh, whatever it is. And technology has always been that tipping point. So here we are, where knowledge knowledge is, is expanding exponentially. And that is by virtue of our ability to communicate with each other. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you're in Germany. I'm in Jamaica. But here we're having a face-to-face -face conversation. Uh, you know, and, and that, that is the type of world in which we have lived. Now, it has implication for things like travel, because remember, before the pandemic, there was a lot of business travel. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, a lot you of uh, traveling and tourism companies have a lot of problems. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, travel will come back, but we may have different reasons to travel. Right, right. So a meeting that you can do via this format, you may not have to travel for it. But then um, you may, people may travel more now for pleasure, uh, you know, exchanges. They still travel for business because sometimes nothing need that energy in the room, right? Because human beings right, by nature right. are designed Sure, for a personal interaction yes, is something you know, different right. than, than on a yeah. screen, absolutely. So, sure. so, so that will come back. But, but so technology is a tool that assists humanity. Yeah. And um, 
as I've said, I don't see where technology will get to the point where the human element is completely removed. Um, no. I, I hope I so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, yeah. So when I understand you right, you would say um, in terms of education that um, the industry will or has to adapt, but yes. um, it will still be, or it still has its place to have a formalized education or then on top of that, a hybrid version or technology or Zoom right. classes or, or whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah I, I agree on that, that we will have still jobs or as you said, trainings that is in person the best or brain surgery or whatever. But even there, I think there are no robots uh, where you can do brain surgery remote and that stuff. So that will be interesting. I think, um, and, and you, you mentioned that um, earlier that the bigger companies like Google, Amazon, et cetera, that they hire or that they create their own campuses, their own universities, basically, right. where they teach people in a year what they otherwise would learn in a few years or maybe not even that in a normal university and basically yeah, build the people with the skills um, that they need. So um, yeah, I, I would agree with on that, that we will see a hybrid uh, development in, in the in, in that field and I think it's it's necessary because um, as you said not everybody has the access to, to education to knowledge um, etc yes. and uh, yeah technology or yeah digital transformation can certainly be a, a starting point here so before we yes. wrap this up um, what would be or where do you see the biggest upside um, yeah technology or digital transformation in general can bring uh, to the Caribbean right now for the next years or Jamaica in, in particular? Well, as I said, clearly in the area of um, employment, uh, we, I, I believe we're going to see uh, an expansion, continued expansion of business process outsourcing um, as one area. And what now that means to upskill the population to take the higher positions than the lower tier ones, right? So that's gonna that's gonna be critical. Um, creatives are benefiting from the um, the technology, and that's a, a space that we have competitive advantage um, because um, recently there's a collaboration between uh, Spice and Shaggy and Sean Paul, and that has gone. Viral. I mean, over 10,000 views. So in terms of our income is generated in that space, streaming, um, you know, content such as persons who are involved in athletics, uh, you know, image rights, all of these things are, are a platform for explosion and profit and all of that. And in this field of creatives, again, uh, there are streaming services such as Netflix, which offers platform for persons in Jamaica or in the film sector to right. put their wares on um, the international platform and for cross-culture collaboration and so on. So, I mean, there's a lot of upsides to the technology explosion and even in even the, the, the normal fields, because you made reference to computers doing brain search, but bear in mind our robots, 
bear in mind that they, those robots are still directed by the human element. Exactly, exactly. Right? So, but I'm making the point to say that we can now collaborate with surgeons um, elsewhere. And in fact, we had, we had one such um, major surgery here in Jamaica, I think it was done for the first time, um, where some transplant, I'm not sure what exactly the procedure was, but the point I'm making is that the surgeons in the US were able to collaborate through the use of uh, audiovisual technology with Jamaicans. Mm, so that's a remote surgery. Uh, exactly. Okay. okay. Right? Uh, and that was the first of its kind um, done in Jamaica. Okay. And, and, and I suspect there will be more to come. So, you know, I, it's exciting times. And we haven't even touched on the business here of um, electronic cars. Right, uh, self-driving cars. Self-driving right. cars and, 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 and passenger drones and all those things. Yeah, and things that right. we cannot foresee from this point in time right now. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. So anything else that you want to talk about, you want to plug, you want to touch no, on? I mean, I think we have covered everything. Um, you know, just that as, you know, technology is going to be increasingly important. The Caribbean as a whole has to ensure that we're not left behind. So it therefore means that we have to keep a pace with the developments, both in terms of orienting our education sector, orienting our business sector, building out the infrastructure and at the policy level, ensuring that the policy is in step and if not ahead of the um, technological advancement, right? And an example that I gave is when we ended the monopoly of cable and wireless and opened up the telecom sector. Uh, that is what brought about the transformation and we have to continue to ensure that it remains open and regulate the market so that competition can reign. Thank you for listening to this conversation with Arnaldo Brown. I appreciate it and hope to see you next time.